Good morning and Happy New Year. So good to see you today. Thanks for being with us here at the bridge. If it's your first time here, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We're really glad you're here. There are a lot of great churches in the valley. We're honored that you are here with us today. If you have any questions, out that first set of doors to your right, there is an info center. They can answer any question you might have. And we're just really glad you're here. We want to get connected with you and do life with you. Uh, as a matter of fact, we, on the first Sunday of every month, during second service, so it's happening right now, we have a class that we call Connecting Point. Gives you an opportunity to hear about all the vision of the bridge, our past, our history, where we've come from, how we got here, where we're going. You get to meet the pastoral team. Take advantage of that, if not today, in the future, on, on the first Sunday of the month, because uh, we want to get connected with you. Can we put our hands together and welcome first-time guests? God bless you. And you know, folks are still coming in, and I know some of the aisles are, or some of the rows are a little crowded. If you don't mind making a little room, it'll make it easier for our ushers. We are in construction Sundays, okay? Normally we have more seats up there and a full set of seats over there, but we're recarpeting. Um, and a lot of stuff's going on. We're going to be making some changes the next few weeks. So I want to say thank you for your patience. For those of you who are sitting up in the cheap seats, we're really glad you're here today. Uh, that's just my, you know, if you've been to a ball game, there are expensive seats and there are cheap seats. I invite you to come down and sit in the box seats with us. Uh, but here, here's the deal. Uh, those are temporary chairs up there. The aisles are a little close. So we're using every other aisle. Just be really careful up there as you get, come in and out. We don't want anybody to fall and get hurt. And there are still some seats down below. So, hey, thank you for being here today. Uh, this is the first Sunday of 2020. I'm excited about this new year and all that God has planned. And, and God has put some things in my heart that I want to share with you today. And we're starting a brand new series called The Box. The box and as you can see we've got some boxes up here on the platform we'll be talking about it in a few minutes but I want to read this morning from Colossians chapter 1 a few verses of Scripture we'll have the verses on the screen if you've got a Bible or an electronic device you can follow along with us. Colossians chapter 1 I want to set up this message and spend a few minutes in my introduction and kind of tell you what we're going to be talking about throughout this month. So Colossians chapter 1, we're going to begin at verse number 9. Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and in writing this letter, he begins the first eight verses talking about the fact that they've committed their lives to Christ, they are following him in faith, and he commends them for their faith. But then he says this, for this reason, for your faith, your commitment to God, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. Now, as I begin this today, I want you to understand, Paul is talking to this newly established church, a newly established group of believers, and he tells them there are people, and I'm one of them, he says there are people who are praying for you. And this prayer is here in God's word because I think this is part of God's heart for you and me today. And we're really going to dive into it this month here at the bridge. So let's look at this prayer. I do not cease to pray for you and to ask 
that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Now we're going to come back to those verses in just a few minutes. But notice what Paul says next about this prayer. He says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Look at those words. He's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. What he's saying here is, I'm praying a specific prayer for you because you've put your faith in Jesus and God himself has now qualified you, authorized you, given the authority and the right to partake of everything God has for his children. If you put your faith in Jesus, God has qualified you. And he says in the last part of that verse, he's put us in his light. You know, light is something that you put in the darkness and it reveals things. It shows you things that are hidden. It helps you see your way clearly. He says God's taken us and he's putting us in his light so that we may enjoy everything is provided for his family. Now it goes on to say this, verse 13. He's also delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So here's what he wants to say to us. He says you used to live in the darkness but now he's transferred you into this kingdom of light. You used to be stumbling around trying to find your way through life into eternity, but now God is making it clear to us. We've come out of darkness. He's brought us into something new, so now he wants us to pursue the new things that God has provided for us. And finally, in verse 14, it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So in other words, God has moved the things out of the way that kept us from knowing God and being his children. So now that we're the children of God, what are the things that we need to be pursuing? In those earlier verses, Paul talked about three specific things. And we're going to be diving into these three things throughout this month. Number one, he says, I'm praying that you might know God's will for your life. I'm praying that you, every one of us, I'm praying that you will know God's plan for your life. In other words, God wants you to know the reason for which you were created, the purpose for which he created you. God wants you to know it and live it out and experience it. You know, we as a church pray and we seek God's direction for our church. And sometimes I know believers get lost in the flow of church and think, well, God has a, a will for the church, but I don't know where I fit. God has an exact place for you in what he's doing in the earth. He has something that fits you perfectly. And he says, I want you to know what God's will is. We'll be diving into that later on in the study. In connection with this, he says, we want you to know that God has wisdom to lead you into his will. Now, let me ask a question today. You don't need to raise your hands, but have you ever struggled with the will of God? Like, oh, man, 
I, I, don't know, I don't know where to get to God's will. I don't know how you find it. How do you know what it is? You know, does God drop something on you in a dream? Does he, he come down in your room and appear in the night? Does he, you know, cause the curtains to move around the room and there's some great revelation? How do we walk into the will of God? We're going to be discussing that and talking about that in the weeks to come. But Paul said, God wants you to know his will for your life. He also says, God wants us to have spiritual understanding of how God's working in our lives. He doesn't want us to be ignorant of what he's doing. He wants to reveal things to us. He wants us to be able to walk by faith and to know we can trust him because God knows exactly what he's doing. He wants to give us that spiritual understanding. You know, there's a passage of scripture in Ephesians 5 where Paul also wrote and he said, therefore, do not be unwise. Now, let me pause just a moment. I'll raise my hands first. Has anybody in days gone by ever been unwise? Okay, when I am unwise, I tend to walk out of the will of God. He says, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then he goes on to say this, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. See, he, he's making an analogy here. He's giving us an illustration. He said, have you ever seen somebody who gets totally drunk and they're staggering around, they can't walk the straight line, you know, they, they get stopped because they've been behind the wheel and, and they, they can't walk the straight line and they get hauled off to jail. He said, that's what happens with a lot of people. They stumble through life and they never know their direction, but that's not God's will for us. He said, instead... You need to be filled with the Spirit of God because it will lead you into God's will. That's a part of God's will. And you know, today, God's will is a precious treasure. God's will for your life, it's a precious, valuable treasure. But it's not a hidden treasure. It's something that we live out. We walk into it one day at a time. You know, some people think, well, I'm just going to sit here and someday I'm going to take this huge leap in the middle of God's will and God's will is going to be done. That's not how it works. You don't leap into it. You walk into it. You grow into it one day at a time. That's how God's will works. So he said, I want you to be foolish about that. I don't want you to be deceived about it. I want you to know the will of God for your life. And then the second thing he says... He says, I'm praying that we might live in a healthy, vibrant, fulfilling relationship with God as we're always increasing learning more about him. Now, now let me stop here for a moment. Because for some people, they would never take those words, healthy, fulfilling, vibrant, and apply it to their relationship with God because some of us just don't know enough about God to know what his intentions are and we're a little bit afraid of God and we don't totally trust him or there are issues that we've not settled with him yet. There are things that keep us out of that. But let me, let me ask a question. How many of you have been married 10 years or more? Let me see your hands. Hold them up high. Don't be ashamed. It's okay. It's, it's a good thing. Okay. Uh, I, got, I got his hand way up. There you go. Okay. If you've been married 10 years or more, you've already learned something about a healthy, vibrant, fulfilling relationship. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in it. 
Now, all of you husbands right now should be over there putting your arm around your wife saying, oh, that's me. I'm healthy. We got a vibe. Oh, baby, I love you. This is a chance for you to score points right here, okay? But here's my point. God wants us to know him so that our walk with God is healthy. It's fun. It's exciting. It's vibrant. We look forward to getting out of bed every day and seeing what God has in store for the day. That's what God wants to do in our lives. And, and Paul said, if we get into this relationship with God, we will live fulfilling lives. Our lives will be fruitful. And not only that, God will develop his godliness. He'll change our nature as we walk with him. But then the last thing he said here, he said, we have to grow, continually grow in our knowledge of God. Hosea chapter 4, way back in the Old Testament, God spoke and said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed because they don't know my intentions. They don't know what I want to do for them. They don't know the great things I have in store and all the blessings. And as a result, they don't look to me and they don't expect those things. Can I tell you something? We as a church are going to go on a journey this month and we're going to learn more about the blessings of God. We're going to find out some of the things God has for us straight from his word. We need to know what God has planned and has in store for us. And you know, there's a big, big difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Big difference. Religion sometimes helps us know about God, but can we use that information and draw closer to God? That's what God wants to do in our lives. And then the third thing that Paul says about this prayer, he says, I'm also praying that you might have God's strength for your everyday life you know one of the things i've learned about people is that some of us think we have to do it all ourselves and some of us wear ourselves out trying to do it all by ourselves is there anybody here that ever gets weary you ever get a little bit tired on the journey what God is trying to teach us is, in those weary moments, he will be our strength. One day the Apostle Paul was talking to the Lord and about some weak area of his life, and the Lord spoke to Paul and said, Paul, my grace is sufficient to cover your weakness here. And God went one step further and said, as a matter of fact, my strength is perfected and complete when I pour it into your weakness. God says a part of the reason why I'm so strong is because I have enough strength for me and you both. And I want to pour it into your life. And Paul says, I want you to learn to draw on the strength of God in your everyday living and let him pour his life into you. And he says, I want you to enjoy all of God's blessings as you are filled with his spirit and then as a part of this he also talks about the fact that he wants his nature to develop in us you know what god's nature is galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit the fruit of the spirit is the nature of god that god wants to pour into us so it can begin to flow out of us where we're changed from the inside out and god says 
I want you to experience this. I want you to have my spirit working for you and in you and through you so it changes you from the inside out and you become everything I created you to be. I want my nature flowing through you. I want you to keep growing and release my power. You know, I think today I want to just share one little caution one little danger with you, if I could. You know, I think one of the most dangerous places for us to be is to take on a mindset that says, I prayed the magic prayer. I asked Jesus to become my Savior. I've got that all taken care of, so I've settled eternity, so I'm just going to live life and get through, and when this life is over, we'll see what God has next. Let me tell you something. The joy of living is what lies between that first commitment to God and walking into eternity forever. God wants you to know his presence and his blessings now. Don't get stuck in that religious mindset that destroys relationship with God. Now, how many have enjoyed the introduction this morning? I want, to get into, I want to get into some very simple things today, but I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the box. On this table, there are a number of different boxes. This one's really good Valentine's Day right here, okay? Different kinds of boxes. Did you know there are all kinds of boxes? They're all shapes of boxes, all sizes. Some are decorated beautifully. Some are very plain and very simple. They're for different people, for different purposes, different occasions. As a matter of fact, there are even boxes that are made to fit certain products. They're, they're created with a purpose, an exact purpose. But today, you might be wondering, well, what, why the boxes? You're talking about the box. What's in the box? God is in the box. God is in the box. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You Bible scholars are saying, oh, wait just a minute here. You can't put God in a box and keep him there. He's too great for that. John chapter 3, Jesus told Nicodemus that the Spirit of God's going to blow and go where it wants to go. You can't stop God from doing in the universe what he wants to do. Yes, that's true. You cannot put God in a box and contain him there. And that's the problem, because a lot of us have put God in a box, because I can put my relationship with God in a box and put a lid on it and say, okay, I got this figured out. I'm going to live the rest of my life. This is all that needs to happen. And God's in the box yelling, I want to do more. I want to do more. And we keep pushing that lid down. No, 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 no. I like things just the way they are right here. We can do that. I can put my relationship with God in a box. I can put my beliefs about God in a box. I can put my expectations about God in a box. And then my will controls my box. As a matter of fact, this is kind of what real strong religious situations do to you. We get God in a box and we say, this is our doctrine. We believe this, 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 and you can do this, 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 this. You can't do this, 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 this. And if you go by this, you'll get along with us just fine and everybody will be happy. That's what religion does. We get God all figured out and we put him in the box. The problem is that doesn't help us 
know God. God wants us to know him. And my will is always involved with what God's doing in my life. Don't, don't ever think that your will doesn't matter. Go back to the very beginning with Adam and Eve. Your will matters. As a matter of fact, I can stop growing in God. I can become complacent. And by so doing, I seal my box. I put that lid on there. I tape it all up. I glue it down and fasten it down. And I've got God in the box. And I go through life thinking I'm in control. All that does is interfere with what God's trying to do in our lives. In our individual lives. Now, listen closely to what I'm going to say. In our individual lives, to some extent, God does what we allow him to do. To some extent, God does what we allow him to do. And what we believe he will do. We do have a control in that. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the Old Testament, look at Old Testament language. The language from the Old Testament is the word covenant. When God made a covenant with man or with Israel, here's how a covenant works. Everything I have is yours if you need it. And everything you have is mine if I need it. That's how they work the covenant. My resources are yours if you need it. Your resources are mine if I... How many of you know if you go into an agreement with God like that, you get the better end of the deal? Because God's got a lot more to give than I do. And God says this is a kind of relationship. You give your heart and life to me, and I'll come in, and I'll pour out blessing in every area of your life, and I'll give you a better life than you could ever imagine before. It'll be so fulfilled, you'll enjoy it now, all the way to the end of this life, and throughout eternity, if you just learn to walk with me. That's God's offer to us. You know, some of my most powerful encounters with God in my lifetime have happened when I've been at a crossroads and I just stopped and set everything down and said, God, there's my life. There's everything I've got. Let your will be done in me. That's when those encounters come. They give us fresh new vision that allow God to come in and begin to work in new ways in our lives when we ask for God's will. Now, turn to Mark chapter 10 because I'm going to read you a quick story and then a few comments on that story before we're finished today. Mark chapter 10, familiar story about the guy that scripture, uh, not just scripture, but uh, a lot of Bible teachers call the story of the rich young ruler. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Follow along with me. Now, as Jesus was going out on the road, one man came running and knelt before him. It's this rich young ruler. And he asked Jesus, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, isn't that the big question that everybody has? What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? What do I do? This rich young guy, probably handsome, the kind of guy that people would want to follow. He's got everything in life at his fingertips. He comes to Jesus because there's something missing. And he says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Notice what Jesus does. Verse 18, Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that's God. In essence, what Jesus is saying is, who do you really believe I am? A good man or do you believe I'm God? Why do you come to me asking these questions? Verse 19. Jesus says, you know the commandments. 
Now, this is Old Testament language. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to Jesus, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Jesus, I've already got God figured out. I've got him in the box. You can't find anything wrong with me because I got all the rules and regulations all back here. I'm living by them every single day. I have made myself sufficient for God. So I like my box just the way it is. I've done that. See, the interesting thing is Jesus didn't mention all the commandments. For example, he didn't talk about the first and most important commandment of all, that you'd love the Lord your God and have no gods before him, that he would be the God of your life and everything else would fall under his will. Jesus didn't talk about that one. And I think Jesus was looking for this young man to look inside of himself and realize what's really, truly important about our walk with God. It's not the things we don't do. It's the things that we do right that walk us down a pathway that avoids those things. It's getting caught in the will of God and the life of God that we're so excited about the good things of God. We don't worry about the darkness where we came from. We're living in the light. That's what Jesus is talking about. Notice this. Verse 21, Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Jesus valued this young man and where he was. And Jesus said to him, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, take up the cross, and follow me. Can I just summarize real quickly what Jesus said? Jesus said, you've got a God in your life that's really more important than the real God. And you've come and asked me questions today. There's an area of your life where you're missing it. Your heart's wrapped around goods and things and your wealth. He said, here's what you need to do. You need to go get rid of all that wealth, give it away to those who are in need, then come follow me. And you have treasure in heaven. And then when you follow me, pick up your cross. Listen closely. Pick up your purpose in life. Pick up the will of God that God's created for you. And follow me and learn how to walk out the will of God. Okay. Wealth, riches, eternal life. Wealth, riches, eternal life. Eternal death eternal life this man came to a point of decision verse 22 says but the young man was sad at what jesus said at his word and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions now think about it this good young man Living by most of the rules. This good young man that everybody says, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He's young, but he's a good guy. This good young man who's wealthy and got everything, he refused to surrender to God's plan and God's will for his life. And he forfeited all that God had for his life. Nope, I'll take my things over the things of God. 
Let me say it this way. He couldn't believe that what God had for him was greater and more than what he could create and build for himself. I can do with my life more than God ever could. And he walked away because his heart was wrapped around the wrong things. It's a picture of this struggle that I'm talking about. No, 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 no. I'll go find another teacher. I'll go find somebody else to give me instruction. I don't want to hear the word of God. I want to find somebody who will tickle my ears and tell me what I need to hear because I like me the way I am and I like being able to control God and keep him right here in the box. I'll live by my own will. That's what he said. And I think as you look at this story, it says he walked away sorrowful in the original writings that word sorrowful means to be distressed it means to be sad it means to be grieved and to be heavy-hearted and he went back to his things trying to fill up all that emptiness in his heart when all the while Jesus said I can fill the emptiness that's a picture of how a lot of people live. If I can just put God in the box right here, if I can just get God the way I want him under my control, the way I want to do it, if I can just do that, everything will be fine. But then they hear a message like this, and there might be one person today, I hope not, there might be one person here today who would walk away sorrowful and grieved and heavy-hearted, saying, I can do it better than God can. You know, I say this all the time. God has better plans for you than you could ever create for yourself. You need to learn to walk in the will of God. He's got great plans for you. So today, I want to ask you to do a little exercise with me. A little mental exercise. And I want you to Ask yourself some questions. Everybody's got a box. Our box is our understanding of God. But let me talk to you about your box today. Ask yourself, how much of God is in my box? Think about your personal walk with God. And then complete this sentence. In my life, God is able to do what? Or, or do it this way. In my life, I believe God will do what? Based on what? You see, it's the knowledge of God that leads us into knowing what God has promised to do in our lives. That's why we need to be growing in the knowledge of God. Okay, let me ask you this question. How big is God? How big is God? Well, we know he's infinite, which means, you know, you can't limit him in any way without limitations. He's all-powerful. He can do anything. He knows everything. He knows our past, our present, our future. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He's pretty amazing. And not only that, 
He's everywhere, all at the same time. That's our God. That's how amazing and wonderful and powerful he is. We will never, ever fully comprehend the bigness and the greatness of God. We'll never be able to get all of God into our minds to think I can hold him in a little bitty box. What a mistake that is. We will never understand the bigness and greatness of God. Yet, each of us does have some understanding of him. And we keep him in a box to keep us happy. Can I tell you which one of these boxes I like? I like this one. Not because it came from Costco, although it did. I like this box. You know why? There's no lid on it. It's open to whatever God wants to pour into the box. This box can grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And as a matter of fact, it's got a hole in the bottom of it, which means when God fills us, it just pours out to other people around us. This is a healthy relationship with God. <coughs> so how big is God? You see, God wants our understanding of him to grow. And this is what Paul was talking about in Colossians 1. Those three things I talked about earlier. He says, God doesn't want you to be in the dark. He wants you to be in the light because he's got big, big plans for your life. But if I'm not pursuing God, believing God, for the things he's promised... My expectations of what God can and will do in my life are going to be limited. And in so doing, I put a lid on the box. See, that's enough. That's enough. So in closing, let me give you a few more questions. How much of God is in my box? Who is God in my life? What is he like? Is he the God of Scripture? Or is he something else that I've imagined or somebody else has told me? Who's the God in my life? What's he like? What are his plans for my life? Do you know that answer? Is he my Lord? Is he really first in my life? What will God do to help me? What has he promised to do to help me? These things are in his word. Am I depending on God for his strength in my daily life or am I exhausted trying to do it myself? Is my box expanding? Or have I put a lid on it and sealed it up and said, that's enough. Is God bigger today in my life than he was last year at this time? How about five years ago? How about 10 years ago? Has God ever been bigger than he is today? If not, it's because we put a lid on the box. Has God ever been more involved in your life than he is today? Because he wants to be involved. Perhaps, maybe even unknowingly, maybe I've put a lid on the box. But I promise you today, if you will take the lid off of the box 
God will show up in a big, big God-like way and begin to do things that will amaze you for you and in you and through you as you begin to believe what he's promised to you. I want you to bow your heads this morning. I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask the next few minutes, please, nobody move unless you absolutely have to. I'm going to be praying. Father, today I want to pray a similar prayer to what Paul prayed for believers in Colossians 1. God, I pray that every person in this place, that today their heart could be stirred. That you would help them to begin to see and understand you do have a plan for their life and it's better than theirs. Maybe their plan's going well, but still you have better things, more fulfilling things. You have eternal things in mind. God, expand their understanding. Help them to know you have a will for their life, each and every one of us individually. Then, Father, I pray for every person here that their relationship with you could begin to grow. Day by day, as they walk with you, they learn about you, they trust you. I pray that their relationship with you would begin to grow. It would become healthy and vibrant. Something we look forward to every day, to getting in your presence and just talking to you and learning from your word the great things you want to do in our lives. God, let that relationship come alive. Teach us. Teach us. You said the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Let the Holy Spirit teach us the Word of God. And then, Father, I pray last of all that your strength would show up in people's everyday living, that we would begin to look for your strength, expect your strength, expect you working in our lives on our behalf, expecting your nature to be developed in us. God, change our outlook on the future. Give us a heart to know you and walk with you. In Jesus' name I ask it. Heads are still bowed for one more moment. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've never really opened your heart to God and asked for God to get involved in your life. Maybe there are things in your life that you know aren't right that God wouldn't be pleased with and need to move. And you think, well, I can never know God because of things I've done and things I am. We read the scripture earlier. God himself will move those things out of the way and qualify us to know him and know all of his blessings if we're willing to put those things in his hands. He himself paid the price with his own son for our sins. Maybe you've listened to this today, but you would say, I'm not in relationship with God. I don't know God. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, I, I don't want any religion. I don't want to give you religion either. But I would love to introduce you to a God who loves you and cares about you and has great plans for your life. I'd love to be able to lead you into a living relationship with the living God where you can know him yourself and he can move in your own heart and your own life. You say, how does it start? It starts with you accepting his invitation. If your heart's stirred today and you're interested in that life and you want that kind of God life, that's God knocking on the door of your heart. Now he's looking for you in faith to open the door and say, God, come into my life. I want you and I need you. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's the beginning of this relationship, not the end. It's the beginning. It opens the door for you to know God. And I'm going to ask everybody in the room to pray this prayer with me right out loud. Pray this. Say, 
God, I need you. I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. I want to learn your ways and I want to follow you. I want to know you. From this moment forward, I give my life to you. Everything changes. You will be my God. You will be my father. And I will be your child. Thank you for calling me and receiving me. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, it's the most important prayer you can pray in your entire life, committing your life to God. But that's just the beginning. We've got a little booklet called The Next Seven Days. It's our gift to you. No strings attached, no charge. We want to help you get started walking with God. We want to give it to you. It's simple reading for the next week that'll help you understand a little bit of God's plan for your life. When service is over today, we'll have prayer teams here at the front of the building. They're just everyday people like you and me. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. Feel free to come forward to one of these teams and just say, hey, can I get the booklet? If you just want to get it and go, that's fine. No strings attached. If you've got questions, they can answer questions. If you want prayer for something else, they're here to pray with you. But please, let us give this to you today before you leave and help you get started walking with God. Now, if you're in a really big rush, out in the lobby, just before you exit, right in the middle of the glass doors, there's a counter set up there with a screen overhead. They'll give you the same booklet there if you just stop by and say, hey, I want the booklet. We want to put it in your hands and help you today. God bless you. Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family? Welcome to the family of God. Now, in just a moment, we're going to worship God with our giving. And then after we've given to God, I want to share one last thing at the very end. But let me, let me just tell you. Last Sunday morning, Anne shared about the last year and some of the statistics, the great things God's been doing in our lives and through the church. And I was overwhelmed to hear all of it. And she thanked you for your giving. And as we step into a new year, I just want you to know, this church exists. We're touching people's lives here in the community and around the world in a lot of different ways. It's because of your faithfulness and giving. I just want to say thank you today. A number of ways you can give. If your heart is moved and you want to follow God in giving, please do so today. And then stay on for just a couple more minutes. As soon as we give, I want to share some final thoughts before you go. God bless you as you give today. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Nicole, and we want to thank you for being in church with us this morning. We hope that you enjoy your time in church today. The new year is here, and we are very excited about everything 2020 has in store for us. We hope that you will be here for everything that's happening at The Bridge. Let's take a look at what's coming up. Guys, Bridgeman is happening Tuesday, January 14th at 6.30 p.m. This night is for men of all ages, and we want to encourage you to come. It doesn't matter if you're single, married, have kids, or don't. These nights are a great opportunity to come and be encouraged by other guys who want to grow in their walk with God. 
It's also a great opportunity just to make some new friends. This month, we will be talking about what it means to be a man of God in the workplace, a topic that is relevant to all of us. So guys, make your plans to be here Tuesday, January 14th at 6.30 p.m. for Bridge Men. As the Bridge Church has grown over the last few years, we are continually seeing new opportunities for people to get involved and make a difference by serving on one of our weekend service teams. One area where there is great opportunity and we are looking to expand is our parking lot welcome team. With more people coming to church on Sunday mornings, there is a greater need to serve them and provide a safe, welcoming environment where people can be greeted, park their car, and quickly get their family settled in. If you are looking for a place to serve and put your hospitality skills to good use, we would love for you to join our parking lot welcome team. For more info on how to join the team, stop by the info center after this service. There you can sign up to join the team and we will get you all of the information that you need. Thanks so much for serving and helping people have a great weekend experience here at The Bridge. Our desire at The Bridge is for everyone to know others and be known. If you have a desire to build deeper relationships with others and facilitate spiritual growth in a smaller setting, then we want you to consider leading a connect group. On Sunday, January 19th, we will be having a connect group leader training to prepare for our spring term. If you have led a group previously and wish to continue, there will be a brief meeting between services at 1045. If you are a new leader interested in leading a group for the first time, we will be meeting at 1 p.m. and lunch will be provided for you. If you'd like to join us, you can sign up on our website by clicking on the tab that says Connect. You can also sign up on the Bridge app. We hope you'll consider leading a Connect group and join us on Sunday, January 19th. If you are new to the Bridge and you want to find out how to get plugged in, we invite you to stop by the Info Center after this service. Take a few minutes to come and say hi. Our team is here to help and answer any questions that you might have about the church. For more details, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also download the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app to 77977. We are so grateful that you are in church with us today. We love spending our Sundays with you. All right, just before we go today, one last thing I want to share. Throughout this month, we're going to be teaching on Sundays these three things that Paul prayed for us, okay? We're going to be diving into them one at a time the next three weeks. So we have a plan in place that I think is going to help some of us keep moving forward in God and expanding that box and getting the lid off. Here's how we're going to do it. Tomorrow, the first Sunday of the month, I mean, the first Monday of the month and every Monday, the rest of this month, you will be receiving an update for us, a video update and a quick briefing of what we taught on Sunday. So each week you'll start your day with, hey, reminder, here's what we're pursuing this month. We're going to do that every Monday for whoever teaches on Sunday will be sharing that video on Monday. So you'll receive that either through the website through an email blast. So if you're not on our email list, you might want to get on. Or our app that you can download on your electronic device, you'll get a notification there. Every day, or every Wednesday, you, pardon me, every Monday, I'm in a hurry. Everybody turn to somebody and say, he really screws up when he gets in a hurry. So every Monday, there'll be that recap from Sunday. Be like a three-minute recap. Then, 
Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to start reading one chapter a day out of the book of Mark. There are 16 chapters in Mark. So this coming Tuesday, we're going to read chapter 1. And then you'll also receive a video from one of the pastors sharing a thought out of that chapter that you just read or you're about to read that will help you take the lid off the box and see God do new things in your life. We're going to do it all this month. So Monday through Friday, you'll be getting a notification. They'll be available, be available on the website or through our app or email blasts. And we encourage you to take this journey with us as we look through the Gospel of Mark. Let's look at the life of Jesus and see how it applies to us. And I promise you, God will make a difference in your life. God bless you. I love you and appreciate you. Have a great, great week, and we'll see you next Sunday. If there's an open way, I'll just run. While everything else fades and turns to dust, we're searching to find.